All right, we're in the closet, sort of. Well, we moved our we moved our area out into our room, new setup, but nonetheless. Maybe we say this is in the closet. This is in the closet, and we're picking up where we left off. Oh, I don't know, a few weeks ago, with eleven conversations that have the potential, have the potential to save a relationship. And if you remember, we talked about number one and two, and I wish I remembered what uh, episode that was on In the Closet, but nonetheless, we talked about intimacy and we also talked about relationship boundaries. Today, um, I'm not sure on this episode how many we're going to get through because we didn't plan this out really. No, Uh, But we're going to pick up with number three. Uh, Number Number three three. conversation to have that could potentially save a relationship. I think that when we put this, when we published this um, podcast last time, I think that you put in the description marriage, and it's not necessarily marriage. I think I went and changed it somewhere. I, I think I, would, I ended up changing it to relationships. Okay. But if I didn't, then we are correcting it here. Exactly. You do not have to be married to be in a relationship, just to exactly. clarify. Exactly. Right. Because some people decide not to get married. This you know? is true. And some people just are in a relationship with a friend. And some of these things can be helpful. Well, I don't know that this is necessarily friends. This is only. romantic this is, relationships. This is not really if you're in the friend zone. Okay, so if you've been mm. put in the friend zone, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some of these relationships could help you get out of the friend zone. Ooh. Um, because number three, let's continue, is relationship needs. And again, this is from an article I found on the internet. It's it's from Bustle. Whatever. Bustle, bro. Bustle. Bustle uh-huh. up. Uh huh. So number three, relationship needs. Okay. I'm excited. I think this is very important. Talk about your needs, both as a partner and as an individual. We have needs that would like to be met within our relationships. For example, safety, support, honesty, and fun. Um, these represent the foundations of your connection. And they are our bonding needs. On the other hand, in our relationship, we still require room to grow as individuals. This may look like desire privacy, solo projects, or relationships with friends outside of the relationship. So I think this is very important, relationship needs, because each individual, I think, has needs as well as the two people together that has needs, and they have to be communicated. I agree. We talked about communication really as the basis behind this whole talk behind a good relationship is communication. Well, and that's that's the whole article. It's conversations. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them aren't easy because people feel threatened or people feel like it could be something against them if they say, I want to spend more time with a friend than I did right. at the beginning of our relationship. Right. You know, like. There's a lot of different things that can come up that can make you feel insecure. I totally agree. When you have these conversations. And I think, too, um, if you're in a relationship, and I don't know how to say this, and you're of a younger age, this may become really difficult. Because I know just with having teenage girls and teenagers, they're not necessarily mature enough to say, hey, I have needs, and I also know that you have needs. Let's talk about them. I think that when you're in a in a in a relationship, maybe early on in age, you're really say, "Hey, these are my needs, and you better meet them." Oh, and you know what I mean. And I and, oh, you 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 you're telling me you want to do this, this, and this. Well, that's too bad because it, there there's not an open communication. I feel like until you get up into a certain age, and then I think that you're mature enough to sit down and say, "Okay, here are my needs. What are yours?" Right. 
but it's like a, so basically it's like and a so, give and, and unfortunately take. That, that that sometimes carries on for certain personality types for the rest of their life that they need to be the center of attention and they don't really recognize that you have needs too. Right. I think that that's do you see that in a lot of marriages where one party might have started out that way and it's just stayed that way. Right. You have to Or they've taken a back seat sure. and now they're like, I'm not taking a back seat anymore. Sure. So they end up leaving. Right. I mean every and it might not be needs that you even really could really think about like your needs and you you communicate your needs to me i might be like what you need that right. and vice versa yes, that's you know true. and it's just like and, and for instance you know and needs, I thought everything was great i need, thought we were doing right? well i didn't know you needed that needs can change over time i feel like too oh yeah um just for instance you know with me staying home now and working from home and you know doing the school thing with nate it's exhausting so like my need now i have a need in our relationship that like when you come home Sometimes I just need to step away because I haven't been able to all day. Um, it's not necessarily that I need a break. It's not necessarily that I'm exhausted because it's 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 busy. It's constant, but it's not the kind of break that I needed when the kids were toddlers. It's just like I need to step out of the house and go away for a minute. When you right. stay home, well, I didn't have that need this time six months ago. I had the need to be at home. You wanted to get home. I wanted to come home right. because I was always gone. So I think your needs, they change as your relationship goes on. And it's a constant communication. Like, do you have anything that you need that's changed? Do you have enough time with your friends? Are you having enough you time? You know? Right. Like downtime or whatever. So I just I think, think it's, it's a lot of maturity to recognize your need Because people, you know, we've talked about it, I think, on the other one with this. Like, you can't, you can't read each other's minds. Even though we do read each other mind each other's minds a lot, if right. your needs changed, that see that's that's a good example because it's difficult for me because it's not we're so egocentric. I'm not thinking about that. Maybe I should be, but I'm thinking about everything's changed for her, so now she's she has different needs. You've got to kind of relay that, right? right? You've got to right. kind of say, "Hey, now I'm home all the time," and you right. did. You've said right. that. You said, "Now I'm home all the time. I'm I'm not getting away from here. I'm stuck here." I need to right. like, get away or I need to go out to dinner with friends. Right. Or I just need to go have coffee right. and, and just not come back for an hour and a half. Right. You know, whatever it and might it, be. And you know, like I said, six months ago, it wasn't like that. It was like I didn't want to go to dinner with friends because I had been gone all day and I just wanted to come home to my house and my, you know, my kids and everything. Well, now I'm with them all day and I love them dearly, but now I have a different type of need to interact with adults or just have some downtime to myself. Or even, you know, I even communicated this need the other day. You know, I, I am here all day. So I take care of the kids, the dogs, feed them, take them out, this and that. So I even told Jeff, I said, hey, can we make a deal? Can I like feed the dogs and do the whole nine yards in the morning? And can you feed them at dinner? Can you, can you take care of them in the evenings? And he was like, well, absolutely. You know, but he might not have known that I really kind of needed that or wanted that if I were waiting for him to read my mind. Like if I waited for Jeff to say, sit down and think, huh, Angela's here all day. She takes care of the dog. She's feeding them at night. Wonder if she wants me to feed the dogs at night. He's not going to sit down and think about that. I would have never recognized. Wait, and that's that. not bad of you. It's just like you see me doing it, and I'm not saying anything about it. So you assume that it's okay. Right. Um, I mean, would it be a good idea sometimes to sit down with your partner and say, "Hey, can we just have like a little talk? Is everything good? Is there anything that you need? Right. Is there anything that I need to do?" And then, the, and then vice versa. We don't always do that. We don't don't always think to do that. But maybe we should make it a point to do that. Um, 
Because if I sat around and waited for Jeff to read my mind, I could build up some animosity against you. Like, how do you not know? How can it not be obvious that I'm here all day, that maybe I need a break? I don't work right. like that, though. I'll tell you. Like, well, hey, and can I, you do I this? don't think most women do, and I don't mean to be that way. I don't think men notice either a lot of times. So I guess it's not just one thing. I think men or women, I think you just get in your relationship. And I honestly, if you wouldn't have asked me that, I wouldn't have figured out, and I think most relationships. I think a lot of a lot of relationships, people hold that against the other party. They're like, "Why haven't you noticed that I've right. I've got to take care of these dogs?" I complain about it, like you know what I mean. You might have complained that morning and text me and said, "These dogs are driving me nuts." I had to right. take them out. It takes the first 35, 40 minutes. Right. Well, I'm thinking that sucks and trying to console you for that, but I'm not thinking. Is she trying oh, to tell well, me may- something? Right. Is she trying to tell me something? Should I be doing it? Because the guys are so, they want to fix things and they're so literal to the actual specific situation. We're not thinking about the dinner time stuff. We're just thinking about, I can't come home and fix this. Like, I right. can't be there right. to help you do this, or I would. Right. But yeah, for you to relay that to me, and that helps me be better. Right. But then there's some people that hold that against the person because they had to tell them. Right. And, and, you know, sometimes another example, sometimes too, you know, I do sometimes sit down and think what is going on in our, in our lives that, you know, is different, um, that Jeff might need to change or need to do, you know, need help with. So, you know, Brooke's been working back at Chick-fil-A now, and I take her to work almost every single time she needs to go because it seems to always be around 4.30. Jeff's still at work. I'm working from home. I can run across the road, take her to Chick-fil-A. Well, normally Jeff picks her up in the evenings, which is anywhere between 9.30 and 10.30. And I did tell you the other day, look, it's not fair if you need to, if you, for you to have to go out every evening and pick her up. I'll do it, but you need to tell me, hey, tonight do you mind to go pick Brooke up so I can just unwind at eight, nine o'clock and be done for the night. And so I can just sit down and do nothing. I'm absolutely 100% happy to do that. But if you don't ask me, I'm going to assume that you're going to do it because I take her. You said you would always pick her up and that was our deal. But that doesn't mean that it can't be switched. And I just wanted to make that open to you. Like, yeah, but don't sit here and be like, I always have to go get her. If I offered, but you have to speak up and tell me. Right. You know, so I just think it's important to always be communicating and, and yeah, I mean, communicating your needs, but communicating, you know, anything, which, which leads into number four, actually. Um, and it's relationship fears. Uh, it's not easy, but it's important to not only talk about what you are worried about in your relationship, but to make plans to both ease those concerns and plan for how to handle scary situations together should they arise. Fear promotes distance and can undermine your journey together. When afraid, people stop being vulnerable and and close off from their partners. Anxiety snowballs, and the longer it lingers, the bigger it gets. That is so, so true. That is so, 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 so true. When I get scared, when I get anxious, I do seem to kind of go off to myself and kind of shut off a little bit. And sometimes that alarms you. You've even brought it up to me. Like, what are you distancing yourself for? It does alarm me, yes. It's true. I mean, if if you get, yeah, it can definitely, definitely create some distance. Right, and if you don't communicate what you're what you're fearing, what you're anxious about, and you do start to close off, and your partner sees that, if he doesn't or she doesn't ask you, you know, what's going on? You seem distant. You see that? Then you start making stuff up in your head why they're distancing. Right, and it run you run with it. It snowballs. 
You start making up things that aren't really happening. Then you start creating um, resentment towards that person for something that might not even be happening. Okay, so like I, I've had these medical procedures that's gone on for the past month or two that I keep talking about. Um, and it has made me anxious. And like I said, I tend to, yes, Jeff knows why I'm anxious, but I tend to get really quiet sometimes and I like go off into my head. So I like, I, I just, I'm kind of like disconnected from the moment. Like I'm here and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I don't get into it like a depression where I can't get up and go about my day. I go about my day, but I, I go out into this fog and into this worrying land and this anxious land. And I, and I just waller there for a while. And it does seem to be that I'm closed off from you. Right. You know, I communicate that with you and we talk about it. But because you even said it earlier this week, you're like, you seem so distant. Like what? Why are you like shutting me out? And I wasn't. I was just super anxious about my procedure on Thursday. Right. You know, so you're going to have scary times that come up, you as individuals, but also, you know, scary times that come up in your, in your actual relationship. Very difficult times, yeah, where you will have. Right. And, and it's okay. It's okay to be scared. It's okay. Yeah, it's um, absolutely okay. I think people look at fear as a weakness, and I don't think that that is a weakness at all. I think having fear in your relationship, there's a part of that that's kind of healthy. You know? I'm Absolutely. You know, and, and I think back to fear as well and worry in a relationship. But from a relationship standpoint, as here's an example I can give you. Um, I won't go into the reasons why I was worried about this. Um it's too long and detailed and it's a little bit personal. But when I was pregnant, I had this big fear each time I was pregnant that Jeff was going to leave me and find another woman. And so I looked, I just couldn't. (laughs) That is so wrong. (laughs) Um, I did. I had this fear, but I feel like that we weren't mature enough in the moment because the first time I was pregnant, I was 23 23 years old okay so not much older than maddie really she's gonna be 20 here in a few weeks um i wasn't mature enough to sit down with jeff and say hey let me tell you a little bit about my past and 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 i'm afraid that being pregnant you're gonna you're gonna run off because i'm getting i'm gonna get fat and i'm gonna feel unattractive and i feel like you're gonna look at me in that light the same way Right. Now, if I were pregnant right now, would I still have those fears? Maybe, but I would definitely be able to sit down and talk to you about it. I was not mature enough to do that. I thought that would, I thought that showed weakness in me. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that's what I said in the beginning of this podcast that you know, if you're in a relationship and you're still young, this might not make any sense to you. This might, you might be thinking, what? no, I'm not doing that. That's yeah, right. but the lack of communication and directness created a lot of fights. It sure did. A lot of fights. It sure did because I didn't tell him my fear of him finding some else, someone else when I was pregnant. So when I was pregnant, he was a real estate agent and he'd have to go show houses like it, you know, in the evenings or on the weekends. And I had it in my head. I was 100% positive that he was showing houses to these single women and that hot, they were smoking hot single she was, women. He was throwing them up on the island of the oh kitchen. Gosh. And you know, I really did though. All the time. But I did. And I didn't relay that to you. So you couldn't comfort me. You and didn't I know. I didn't know. You I, didn't I know. I'm not, I'm, I'm, Again, you can't read my mind. I can't read your mind. And I I mean, you never said that we'd get in a fight. But I'd never get the details where I could even correct you a lot of the time. Right. I wouldn't sit you down and tell you. What? You think that? Are you, no. Are you crazy? Right. 
Right. You well, were, and I mean, I, I think there were, there was a few times that I sat you down and I was like, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't tell you why, but I said, I, I almost was like in an, I almost was in like an accusatory. Accus- yes. Yeah. It was accusing you. And of course, again, we were 23 years old. And so we weren't mature enough to be able to like calm each other down. We, we would be very combative with it. And the more combative, the more defensive he got with it, the more I thought I was right. If we would have sat down and said, okay, look, let me tell you a little bit. Well, she knows about my past, but I'm just saying because of X, Y, Z, I fear that because I'm big and pregnant that you're finding other women more attractive than me. And I'm afraid you're going to act on it. And he could have sat me down and instead of saying, you're stupid, you're dumb, that's ignorant, you could have calmed me down in other ways, right? Reassured me in other ways. And it would have been a whole, it. <laughs> it would have been a whole different, you know, situation had we been mature enough to communicate our fears and to communicate our needs. You right. know, I had a fear in that moment and I had a need in that moment. You did, which... I didn't understand either of them. And the problem is at that age, too, sometimes the people are jerks, you know, like I might have been like, that's stupid. Right. Get over it. Right. Right. And I think that if you fast forward a few more years when I was pregnant with Brooke, I still had those same fears. Then I was in my late 20s. Um, Still, I feel like, you know, a little bit relationship wise immature. I know that's kind of I don't I mean, but it's true. Uh, you know, late 20s, I feel like still might be kind of, I'm not saying everybody, I'm talking for me. Well, I looking don't feel back, like, I think it's a back, looking back thing. Right. It, when I was there, did I think I was immature? No. No, I thought I had it all together. Right. But looking back at 44, back to when mm. I was 20, I can say, oh, Angie, let me show you what you did wrong. And I guarantee you, if you fast forward 20 years from now, when I'm 64, I'll look back to now and be th- when I'm 44 thinking that, oh my gosh, I've learned so much in 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Perspective and everything like that probably will have changed by then. So it's constantly evolving. But I think the constant, no matter if you're in your 20s, in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, the constant thing here is obviously communication. Right. So that holds true no matter how old you are. I just think that communication gets a little bit easier the older you get. It well, and it, it definitely gets easier, you know, in a whole lot of, in all areas. The longer you're in a relationship, in a relationship with someone that you are friends with and comfortable with, because right. I think you know what I mean. Like us, right. we're, we're friends, we're more comfortable. We've had kids together. We've been together for twenty two years, married twenty two, together twenty nine. But I think we've been able to have the conversations that have been. Because I, I, I'm, I'll admit right now, I'm the worst at not expressing how I truly feel. Mm-hmm. I'm really bad at it and letting those feelings out in the wrong moments. Um, I think you I think you tend to bottle them up a little bit and then let them out in the heat of the moment. And so they come out as aggression versus a And it's like, where did that come from? Right. right on your part, it's like, what? wait, what? This isn't, we're not yeah. even talking about this. Instead of conversation. But I'm like, right. blah, 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 blah. like, it's like, I've got a list of things that I'm pissed off about. That, and that's not good. No, it's not good. It's not good for me. It's not good for you. It's not good for our relationship. I've learned from that. But when I was younger, I was really bad about it. Oh, yeah. Right? Because it's yeah. like... You wait till a fight, and then you bring up all kinds of right. stuff against a person that they don't even know they're doing wrong. Right. 
you know. Again, you can't read each other's minds. No. I'd rather you tell me every single day a little something that's bothering you and be thinking every day something's bothering than you saving it up for a month, two weeks, whatever, and then we have a big blow up. And and, and then you're thinking, wow, you have all these things wrong with me? Like, what's happening? And I don't think we do that anymore. No, we don't anymore. But I I think that we did. We did, but now it's, you know, for me, I've, when I started to say earlier is, you, the longer you're together, hopefully the more comfortable you get with being completely honest. Mm-hmm. And I mean that from not only just, hey, hey, I don't like it when you leave the toilet seat up. Right. Right. Not not just that, but, but hey, I have these things I like to do in bed. Right. Like I have these kinks and I've never really told you about it and right. I don't know what you think about it, but I like, I, I like. You've done it a few times, but I really like when you pull my hair or whatever it might be. You know what I mean? I think people are scared to death to mm-hmm. think, well, he might be grossed mm-hmm. out by that. Or right. he might think that's stupid. Or right. some comedies made in the past about a certain thing. But I think it, it you get like to a place in your marriage or your relationship where you can be completely open and still respect the person if they're like, nah, that's not cool. I'm not down with that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I, and you're still like, okay, cool, but I got it off my chest. Right. Right. Which, yeah, which, uh, oh, this whole thing, that whole scenario there kind of leads you into number five on this list, which I think we have enough time to cover one more, um, which is fighting style, which I think this is huge because everybody has a different fighting style. Yes. Okay. Because there's, there's an, there will inevitably be road bumps in your relationship, but figuring out the best way to communicate can help diminish any volatile arguments. The solution is not to avoid tough conversations, but instead learning how to fight fair. Um, What is it that each of you are naturally inclined to do when you have hurt feelings or or are arguing a point? That's huge right there. I want to read that again. What is it that each of you are naturally inclined to do when you have hurt feelings or are arguing a point? Once you know what your partner naturally, and I want to emphasize naturally does, to protect themselves in an argument, you can not only depersonalize these experiences, but make arguments to change any behaviors that are too hurtful or unproductive. Again, we both have natural ways that we argue. And I want to go back to the beginning of that because you said, here's here's fundamentally for me, I'm the oldest of four, I have two brothers. Here's how and I was you have a sister. Okay, but I didn't fight with her. Oh, okay. I just, talking, wanted, I, I just wanted. I just no, wanted. No, I'm the oldest of four. I have a baby sister. She's 13 years younger than me. I did not fight. I don't. I can't remember. I've I've had disagreements with her, but it's never been disrespectful. Right. Me and my brothers, nasty disrespectful because I was always the beginning of that. It's almost an oxymoron to me. There is no such thing as a fair fight. That's how I was raised. Right. When it gets into a fight and there's been a line crossed, you go for the you go for the gut. You go to tear that person to the ground. That's what a fight See, is. I don't think that's true. I, no, I don't either. I don't either. I've learned, but it's a natural instinct for me. When you say, "What do you naturally do?" Mm-hmm. That's what you naturally sure. do. Yeah. Oh, I know. And I don't know if it's just to protect myself, but it's like you shut off your emotions, you shut off your feelings, and the person across from you becomes. Not and this it's terrible to say, but it's almost like they they aren't a person. Right. It's terrible to say. It's awful to say. But that's me recognizing my own. 
Not that I grew up in a bad home. I grew no, up in absolutely a great not. home. We didn't fight a lot. But I'm telling you, when me and my brothers fought, we cut to the core. It got nasty. You know what I mean? It was always like the stuff that I knew or they knew would hurt us the worst is what you'd go for. And then you'd be fine eventually. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case in marriages. You can't do that and then it'd always be fine, right? Right. It's just not how it works. Right. So I think a lot of people have that mindset because you want to win. Right. And I think I think the mindset that that's your mindset i think the mindset that i have is because in the, the past that i have and how i grew up again not going to get into the details here but i'll just say this much um things were always my fault and they were portrayed to me as always being my fault no matter if i'm fighting with my parents if my parents are fighting with each other or if it's me and my brother okay everything seemed to be angie's fault so whenever you know before we really started communicating with each other a lot whenever we would have a fight I always took the blame. I always would cower and say I was sorry for things that I knew in my head that I really didn't feel like I needed to say sorry for. God, those are good times. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I did that for the longest time, and then one day... Now, I'm not saying that I didn't fight. Listen, oh, don't get God. it twisted. Yeah, you fought. I fought, it's and I fought you. nasty, too. Like, I, w- I, would, I would cry and yell and... I was the one that would carry on, and Jeff, for the longest time, would just remain silent. And I'm like, will this guy not actually fight back? Well, one day he started fighting back, and he yelled at me for the first time, and it, like, shook me. I was like, whoa, whoa, where did that come from? Right. You know what I mean? You never, he never, Jeff never yelled back at me. Now, he fought back with me. He but I, twisted I, I things. always calm. You twisted things to make it my fault, I felt like. All the time, but you just said you just you just said here that's how you fought with your brothers. There was no limits. You went th- for the gut. You went through the throat that's every right. time. Absolutely, and you did that with me. I did. I'm not holding that against you at all. I'm just saying we've learned from it. I think and to so, learn though that how you can hold it against me without you control right. you can't control what you hold against but, people. No, but you know what the the weirdest thing about that was for the longest time he didn't he wasn't. He didn't yell. He just calmly did it, like in a condescending kind of snide way. And that made me so mad. I'm like, you're so calm and I'm so heated right now. And then so, (coughs) excuse me. So then finally, I would just say, you know what? I'm sorry. And a lot of times it was my fault. Listen, if it's my fault, I'm here to tell you, I will be the first one to say I'm sorry. And I might not say it right off the bat, but if it comes around to it that, oh my gosh, this is my fault, I I will say I'm sorry. But I feel like there were many, many years that we fought about things that wasn't really my fault. And I said I was sorry for it. And one day I just put my foot down. I was like, no more. I will not say sorry for things that's not my fault. And I haven't to this day. Right. I won't take it. No, you don't. And there, there's, I, I flipped it so hard that like. You went through a phase where you were over the top. <laughs> oh, I Like was, where it was like, oh, no, yeah. you are wrong and you would not oh, accept it. Oh, yeah. Know what I, mean? I went like, through there a phase There was a phase like where that. I was like, who is this person? I, it was. It where was, it was like, this is, you, you are. I overcompensated. Yes, you overcompensated. I overcompensated. But it was, a, it was a correction, but you got through it. I had to learn from that, and I did. When I, did, when I, made, when I intrinsically decided, Angie, everything is not your fault, I, <laughs> I flipped it to the point where, Angie, nothing's your fault. You did. And so any fight we had, I was like, no, this is not my fault. Even in, my, in the back of my head, I thought, oh, it might actually be your fault. And I would hold to that for the longest time, and then I would back down. Yeah. But it, it was... Long well, and hard. I think that's the thing with both of us, though. I think that that's what's helped us survive is we both 
And I told that, I don't know if it was when we were talking to a friend the other day or if it was another time, but I, I, that we both have that for each other where maybe most people don't have that connection where I always would be hardcore and, and be calm and, and push you over the edge so you would end up breaking and you would apologize. But then I would immediately go, well, I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. Right. Yes, I was wrong in this right. area. Right, you did. So it's not like I didn't admit it eventually. No. But I, I had to make you bow down first. Right. Which is wrong. Right. Right. And I recognize that now looking back, and I didn't realize at the time because you didn't communicate it with me, we didn't communicate very, very well in that area, that that was a weakness for you. That was a scar for you. That was a... It's a trigger. It was a trigger for you. And I was taking advantage of that because instinctively I knew that trigger. I didn't know why you had that trigger. I mean, I did, but I didn't equate it to. Right. And I just would manipulate mm-hmm. until you broke. Right. And that's why I could stay calm because I knew Right. I didn't need to. I knew you. But then when you overcompensated, that's when you got me to start breaking. Right. That's when you got me to start, like, going crazy. Like, and. No, I, you know what I'm you're saying? 100% and right. it's like all of a sudden it flipped a little bit. Right. And now we're at a good balance, I think. I think for the most part, we are at a good balance. But but again, we said this, I don't know if it was this podcast or the one before this on this topic, but it takes you so long in a relationship to learn the other person's fighting style. That's why you need to be, in my opinion, in a relationship for a hot minute before you decide to make a long-term commitment because... I wouldn't know your fighting style. I wouldn't know how you reacted or how to deal with you and vice versa if we hadn't been together for a minute and right. gone through some scary times, gone through some fights, you know. Um, well, that's what we've said. I've, I, we've said it on the podcast many times, and I, I will tell my kids this. I will tell anybody this that says, what's one of the relationship advice you have? Like, I'm madly in love with this person. I want to be with them the rest of my life. I've known them. One month, two months, six months, two years. I don't care. Have you gone 12 rounds? Right. Have you literally, and be honest, have you literally wanted to walk away? Right. Have you been to the point where you're like, I can't stand this freaking person? Right. Because you need to get there. Right. And if you think, and here's and the thing. And not be able to do it. Right. And that's a very important point. But what I'm saying is if you're someone who is younger listening to this, and I always think of our kids, they're going to be like, What? No, if, if there's a point where you think that you can't stand that person and they're not the right person, that is so wrong. That is so, so wrong. There, if you will come at, if you've been in a relationship long enough, you will come to a point in time where you're like, huh. Live with your best friend for five years and see if you don't come to that point where I'm Absolutely. moving out. Absolutely. I'm going to kill you. Like That's, that's what I'm saying. It's going to happen. And right. the thing is, is that, and I'm not saying that it goes on and on. Neither of us are the people that no. hold things for two, three days. Literally, if I have feelings like that, that's in a fight. That's in a day where we're having a bad day or a moment. But usually it's ours and we figure it out. Right. Because we both desire to figure it out. But I would tell anybody, I'd say, hey, have you gone 12 rounds? Have you been knocked down? in this fight and had to climb up the ropes like mm-hmm. Rocky mm-hmm. and go back in right. when you didn't want to. You just wanted to lay on the mat and say, right. fuck this. Like, right. I'm done. Right. If you haven't laid on the mat and gone, fuck this, but still had to grab the ropes and climb up and get back in the middle of the ring, even with a bruised face and a little blood running down your head. I mean, right. if you haven't had that on a relationship level, mm-hmm. you might want to wait a little while. I agree. I agree 100%. Because there's a honeymoon phase, and it's facts. 
Mm-hmm. And it, you're going to dismiss a lot of negatives. You're going to dismiss a lot of things that people that, and it doesn't mean they're a bad person. Well, no. But you need to get to the point where you go, God, we've been through some really shitty things. Right. But we love each other and we're not holding against each other and we're in this together. You right. know what I mean? Because you're going to have that with somebody if you're going to spend, shoot, forget a lifetime, 10 plus years. Sure. And, you know, everybody's fighting style is different. You know, you might not gel with somebody whose fighting style is so much opposite than yours. And that's something you have to take into consideration, you know, because you're not going to change. That's why I emphasize the word natural. You cannot change someone's natural ways. It can't be done. No. You're not God. No. And it's not fair to the other person if there's something that they naturally do and they have for their entire existence, you cannot change that. It will not work. It will not work. So if their natural tendency is to be extremely angry in fighting situations, it's not good. It's not great. But if that's their natural instinct, if you can't handle that, and maybe you shouldn't have to if it's that bad. You shouldn't. But but you're not going to change it. So you need to get out now. They can change it with a lot of help. If they want to. They've got to go through the steps. they got to change it on their own. If they want to. Without you. You can't right. say, okay, my my significant other is a very angry person when we fight and punches holes in the walls. That's not okay. But maybe that's the way they were brought up with, with, with abuse in a home and that's all they know. I'm not condoning that. It's not okay. We don't know. But if they don't, if they if they don't want to change it, you as a person are not going to change it for them, and you're going to put yourself in some really bad situations. Well, not only you, but you're going to bring you. You could end up with a family with this person. You could end up, you know. And that's not going to change them. If yeah. you think kids or family is going to change a person, that's oh, crazy. Oh, dear Lord. That's a whole other topic. You've got a default system that, that you go back to, and it has to do with your upbringing, your, your traumas in your life, your the things that happen to you. Right. I mean, and, and you can't, a lot of people can't control that. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of people never get help for it. Right. So, okay. Well, I think that's a good place to stop. We went through, we've gotten through five. We have six more of these conversations that could potentially save your relationship that we'll get to in another episode. But we have covered five and I think they're really good. I like it. I can't wait for the next six. It's fun. It's fun to talk about. All right. All right.